before there were letters to Santa, or presents under a tree, or stockings hung with care, or carols and jingle bells. Before there were halls decked with holly. There was a woman named Mary. There was an angel named Gabriel. And there was a loving man named Joseph. And they were on a journey to Bethlehem. A journey that would have a stable and a manger, a star in the sky, and a baby born to celebrate the first Christmas. Long ago in a place called Nazareth, there lived a young woman named Mary. And one day she was visited by an angel named Gabriel who shared wonderful news with her. Gabriel told Mary that God had chosen her for something special. Soon she would have a baby and she was to name him Jesus. He would be the son of God and he would show people how to live and he would show them how much they were loved by God. Mary was afraid, but she trusted the angel and God's plan. Also, in Nazareth lived a gentle man named Joseph. Joseph loved Mary and wanted to marry her. And when Mary told him that she was going to have a baby, the son of God, Joseph looked deep into his heart to know what to do. But then God sent an angel to Joseph. The angel told him that Mary was a special woman and God had chosen her to be the mother of his son. So Joseph and Mary were married. And soon Mary knew she was going to have a child. As the time to give birth got close, a law was passed and said everyone must go to the city they're from to be counted for tax. This meant Joseph and Mary had to travel to the city of Bethlehem, far from Nazareth. So Joseph led a donkey and carried Mary on its back. It was a long, dusty journey. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, there were people everywhere. The streets were full, the houses were full, the markets were full, and all of the inns and the hotels were full. Mary asked Joseph, what are we going to do? The baby is coming. So Joseph knocked on door after door. Everywhere was full. But at the end of the road, there was an innkeeper that felt sorry for them and knew that they needed a place to rest. So they opened up and made an opportunity. There wasn't a room, but there was a stable, and it was warm and dry. And it had a manger with hay, which was a soft place to lay the baby. As Mary gave birth to baby Jesus, a great star rose in the sky and shined down on the stable that they were in. Mary wrapped the baby with soft cloth and laid him in the manger. And she and Joseph were filled with love for the baby. In the same country, there were shepherds watching their sheep at night. As the sheep were out in the fields, to their great surprise, a bright light suddenly shined all around them, and angels appeared. Fear not, said the angels, for the shepherds were afraid. The angel told the shepherds of the good news of joy. A savior was going to be born this night in the nearby city. 
they would find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. More and more angels appeared and filled the sky, and they sang glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to all. When the angels were gone, the shepherds spoke to one another, and they said, we have to go to Bethlehem and see the baby that the angels told us about. And with the shining star guiding the way, the shepherds left their flocks, traveled through the streets of Bethlehem, and they heard the baby. They went and found him in a stable with Mary and Joseph, just as the angels had said. The shepherds began to tell everyone about what the angels had told them in the city of Bethlehem. Far away to the east, there were also some wise men. They saw the star shining in the sky, and they knew it was a sign of something special. In their hearts, they knew this would lead them to a new king, a king of kings. And the wise men knew they would have to travel far to bring gifts to honor this special king. So over the deserts and through the mountains, under the sun, and through the cold of night, the wise men made their way to Bethlehem. Days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, but they followed the star. Finally, Mary and Joseph welcomed the three travelers, the wise men, and they worshiped the baby Jesus. They offered their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just like the shepherds, they would also tell the world of the miracle and what God had done bringing hope and peace to the world. Mary and Joseph would return home to Nazareth where Joseph was a carpenter and Jesus would grow wise and strong in God's love. Mary would keep all of these things in her heart for the world would never be the same after that special night. The night when the Son of God was born under a star in a stable in Bethlehem. And that is the story of the first Christmas. That's the reason we celebrate and we honor the Lord in our lives. And for all the moms and dads here, I, I want to talk to you for just a minute. So kids, stay right here while I talk to your parents, okay? I know in my wife and I's transition coming here, things didn't go at times the way we expected. Uh, in the midst of our move, we had lots of little things happen. Little things that could have distracted us from the bigger thing. We had situations where both of our credit card uh, information were stolen. And we had a vehicle, the transmission went out. And we had to scrap it to a junkyard. Um, we had the air conditioner in our house mess up right before we were moving in renters. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we had, unfortunately, some rats get into our attic <laughs> that I had to exterminate. And in the midst of all of that, my wife's mom transitioned to heaven. And we knew the Lord had called us here. We knew God was with us in our transition here. But we also had a lot of things go in a very unexpected way. A lot of little things that could have ruined 
our transition here to be with all of you if we had allowed those things to ruin our transition here. But we chose in our hearts to set our eyes and our mind and our spirit on the greater thing, the Lord, and what he was doing. And, and I want to say to all of you here, as we make the transition from today into tomorrow, in, into the new year on the 1st, I want to challenge you to do what Colossians 3 says and set your heart, set your mind on things above, not just on earthly things. I went to Target yesterday to get some new eyeglasses, and Sharon and the girls were doing some shopping, and the lady was like, oh, are you guys trying to do last-minute Christmas shopping? And I was like, no, that's not, that's not what this is. But the store was packed with people doing last-minute Christmas shopping. And I laughed because I saw a meme the other day, and it was a drawing of two guys handing each other a card, and then there was a word bubble, and one of them said, I got you a $100 gift card. And the other one was a word bubble that said, I got you a $100 gift card. <laughs> and I thought to myself, too often, that's what we get caught up in in this time of year. There is great joy in giving gifts. There's great joy in celebrating with family and friends. There's great joy in driving around and seeing the lights and, and all the celebration. But also, over time, we live in a nation that's gotten caught up in all the other stuff. I went to the bookstore uh, this week looking to find another Christmas book because I wasn't sure this was the one I wanted to read. And they didn't have a single book in the kids' Christmas section about Jesus at all. There wasn't one. And I went to the girl behind the counter and I said, do you have anything that's actually about the first Christmas? And she goes, well, what would that be about? <laughs> and I said, it would be about Jesus. <laughs> she goes, oh, I don't think we have any of those books here. <laughs> and so I realize in the day and hour that we're in, a lot of little things have tried to distract us from the greater thing from the bigger thing, from the more important thing. And so I want to challenge you today as you're closing out Christmas Eve tonight and as you get up tomorrow with your families, with your friends, with your loved ones, however you celebrate Christmas Day, I want to challenge you to keep it about the greater thing. It's about the fact that the Lord sent his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him would not have to perish but would have eternal life. It's about the fact that Jesus left the right hand of the Father and wrapped himself in flesh and blood because the Lord knew there was no other way for us. Because the shedding of animal blood and sacrifices in the temple weren't doing what needed to be done. And the Lord knew that. And so he was willing to take on for us that sacrifice and be that gift. The first gift given was from a father to his friends and all of us through Jesus. And I, I love when I think even about that first Christmas. Do you realize that that first Christmas didn't go the way anyone that was attending it thought it would go? Joseph was marrying someone who was pregnant and literally had to have an angel tell him, stick the course out, it'll be worth it. 
don't leave. Mary is now carrying a child as a virgin. The wise men think that they're going to meet the king of kings, and when they get there, they do things through the way of honor in meeting with Herod, and they end up being hunted down by him and have to flee and take another way home. Right? You think about all of that. Right? Here's Joseph having had an encounter with an angel and knowing that the child God has entrusted to him is about to be born, and where does he have that child born at? In a manger. In a manger, in a stable. Right? I'm an adoptive dad. Joseph was an adoptive dad, right? I can't imagine what it would be like for me bringing one of my kids into this world in a situation like that. So I certainly can't imagine what it was like for Joseph doing that same thing. But what's so wild is we all look back on that story and we celebrate every bit of that because we know God was in it. Although in the moment, they might not have been celebrating when they looked back on it later, they saw the hand of God. And so I want to challenge you that although tomorrow at the Christmas table, you might get deep into conspiracy theories with family members that you weren't expecting, <laughs> although your kids may rip open a gift and say, what, this is what you got me? This wasn't what I wanted. Although you might look at your bank account and it's not where you thought it would be at this time of year because of all the things you've done. Please don't allow those little things to rob you and steal from you the joy of what tomorrow represents in the greater thing that is Jesus. At some point, find that time to set your heart and your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Because I promise if you can do that, it will totally shift and change the way you see tomorrow. It'll totally shift and change the way you look at the new year coming and what 2024 can be like. Amen? Awesome. So I want to do this. I want to have everyone stand with me this morning. We're getting ready to celebrate with communion. And so I want to make sure that everyone has their communion with them. And I want to say from me as your pastor, there is zero pressure to partake of communion. This is a choice between you and the Lord today. If you desire to partake of your communion and you know in your heart you're in that right place with the Lord, then please feel free this morning to celebrate communion with us as one united body of believers. But if you are not sure you're at that place yet, then take time this morning to make that choice in your heart to make Christ Lord and Savior. That choice to understand what this represents in the blood and what this represents in the body of the Son of the living God who sacrificed himself for each and every one of us out of his great love for us. And so today as we partake of our communion together, as everyone has that, I just want to do this. I want to invite you out of your seats and let's come forward here around the altar at the front together. As one big family, I want to celebrate communion.
had so many friends and family members text me this morning. I'm praying for you. So excited for your first service at Bethel. So excited that you guys get to celebrate Christmas and New Year's with your new church family. And it's such a joy to me. Let's go ahead and come forward a little more so we can get those that are waiting in together. It's such a joy to me, Bethel, to be here. It is a journey that the Lord has had my wife and I on in all of 2023. And I so look forward to closing out our year together, celebrating Christmas next week, celebrating New Year's, and entering 2024. And let me just say, I feel like 2024 is going to be a crazy year for America. So we need to enter it with some communion in our hearts and minds. And we need to enter it with fasting and with prayer. Because we are entering into crucial days and hours in our nation. As we look ahead at everything that's in store for us. And so I wanted to have communion together as one body, united as one family together. So if you would, if you'll take your wafer representing the body of Jesus Christ. Scripture says when we come together, we're to remember the broken body and the shed blood that Jesus, by his stripes, paid for our sin, our sickness, and brought us hope, healing, and salvation. And so today, Lord, as we take of this wafer representing your broken body, we thank you for that sacrifice and we break our wafer now representing you being broken for us. And we thank you for that breaking. In Jesus' name, go ahead. Now you can open your little cup together. And this represents the blood. The shedding of innocent blood. It's tough at times to think of the shedding of innocent blood. I just recently finished my last paper for my uh, bachelor's degree. And it was on church history. And I was reflecting on that, and as I was writing my paper, I had a friend that used to sit two long tables to my right and one ahead of me in Bible school. And a number of years ago, he was murdered in the nation of Omen for being a minister. Literally a martyr of the faith that sat across from me in Bible school. And when I think about the shed blood of Jesus, at times I think about him. I think about him as a dad and a husband. I think about him being called to a nation. I think about him sitting and leading Bible studies in his home and seeing Muslims convert to Christianity and the joy and celebration of that in his life. I think about the fact that his wife and kids were smuggled back to the U.S. 
by a special ops military team in a cargo freight container to get them out of the nation because they were being hunted to be murdered like he was. And I think of the fact that when I watched his funeral in Pennsylvania over webcam, they celebrated the sacrifice of that blood because they knew that that blood carries a voice and that someday that voice was going to be answered by the Lord. And that nation would see the hand of God come and bring converts. And as important and special as that blood was, it doesn't even compare to the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And today as we take of this cup, we honor that blood, the perfect blood, the perfect and spotless lamb that was sacrificed for us. And so today, Lord, as we unite as one family, as we reflect on your shed blood, I pray we would look deeply into our own hearts and lives. And that, Lord, if there's any area in us that doesn't honor that blood, I ask that we would bring it up right now and we would lay it at your feet. That we would cast it to you to take it up and out of our lives so that when we partake of this cup representing your blood, Lord, we are honoring what that sacrifice represents. And so today, Lord, help us. If there be any way in us that's not right, forgive us and lead us to repentance and cleansing so that your blood may be honored in us, to us, and through us. And so we thank you today for your sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice for us. And we honor it right now, Lord, with this cup. In Jesus' name, go ahead. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this church family. I thank you that we stand here today in the sanctuary at Bethel, Lord, as one family, united through you, Jesus. You were the firstborn of this family. And so I thank you that today we get to celebrate Christmas Eve together. And I pray, Lord, that as we go from this place today, there'd be such joy, such honor in our hearts. As we interact with family, friends, loved ones, and neighbors, I pray, Lord, that we would model you in every way. Help us to be patient and long-suffering. Help us to keep no record of wrong. Help us to be gentle and lowly in spirit. Help us to remember what this is all about. Your coming of a virgin in line with prophecy to be the perfect sacrifice for us. We thank you for it as one family today, Lord. Be with us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.